0: You're listening to the Northfield Podcast with your host, Caleb Gordon, where faith, family, and culture all collide with a biblical worldview. Hang on and buckle up. You're about to enter the Northfield Nation.
1: Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Northfield Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of the program today. Man, looking forward to today's program. I have Laura Perry Smaltz on the program today. And we talk about her transgender transformation. So this thing is is wild. So she started out in the depths of depravity, believing the lie that the enemy has played out in so many people's hearts, minds, and lives that God made a mistake. That she was supposed to be a boy. And and it's the gospel that sets her free. And we get to hear that story. And what she's doing in real time to try to help the church have the conversation about sexuality, about homosexuality, about transgenderism, and how the gospel is the key. The gospel is the cure for the disease. So I pray that this conversation encourages you, it blesses you, and it spurs you on to to the reality that the Lord Jesus Christ is the answer and Jesus wins. Man, I can't wait for y'all to hear this conversation. Blessings on y'all welcome to the northfield nation laura perry smaltz how in the world are you doing my friend
0: i'm doing good thank you for having me on
1: man i'm just glad to glad you're here what's been going on your world? anything exciting
0: oh yeah lots been going on <laughs> i uh, i have gotten married now since your listeners first uh heard me yeah uh, that in 2022 i have an amazing husband and now a stepmother as well and we are currently opening our own 501c3 ministry so oh wow yeah so that is taking a lot of time and it's a lot of fun but a lot of work so that's awesome now,
1: are you guys still in oklahoma city
0: we are yeah we actually live in mustang which is just outside yep. of oklahoma
1: city yep i know exactly where that's at i was i was there for um the expository preaching conference with dr steve lawson a few months ago back in 2023
0: so oh nice yeah. yeah.
1: It's fantastic. Um, okay. So for those who don't know who you are, sort of kind of give us a 30,000 foot view, who you are, what, what's your, your testimony. Um, cause you've got it, you've got a, a different, because we, here's, here's it. We live in a culture that is obsessed with, um, transgenderism with, um, I, I feel like I'm a boy. I feel like I'm a girl and we have this obsession with this and you you've walked that path you've you've been there and so i wanted you to sort of kind of give us a thirty thousand foot view of what that is and how god steps into your timeline
0: yeah i i was raised in a christian home and um we were one of those families we were at church every time the door was open so i heard a lot about jesus but i I think for me i really didn't understand the gospel i didn't understand the 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 great exchange of Mm. christ giving his life for us, for our sin, because I knew that I had to pray this prayer, you know, I knew that I had to do these certain things, but I didn't really understand the depths of my sin and I didn't really understand what Christ accomplished on the cross. And so I had prayed some prayer. I'd been baptized, really had repented at various times in my life, but it was more, I didn't want to go to hell, you know, but I didn't really understand who Jesus was. And so growing up hearing all of it all the time. And I I began to have a lot of issues in childhood. There were a lot of bad family dynamics. I was uh, angry at my mom. I was jealous of my brother. And a lot I won't get into here in the details today, but I, this is what I wanted to highlight is I built up so much bitterness and anger in my heart and a lot of unforgiveness. And I didn't realize what that was doing to me, but it began to turn my heart away from the Lord. And scripture warns us about this. Yeah. Uh, Hebrews 12, 15, and 16 says, Looking diligently, lest any man fall short of the grace of God, does any root of bitterness spring up um cause trouble and thereby many be defiled not mm. just you but many yeah and it says lest there be any fornicator who is anybody in sexual sin or profane person like Esau who for one morsel of food sold his birthright and there's other scriptures like um where in Proverbs it says that he who builds a high gate invites destruction so I think so many people we wall off our hearts to protect us because we've been hurt by somebody and then we don't let anybody in and then we're starving ourselves emotionally, socially. Uh, so I began to build up a lot of anger and bitterness. And eventually I started blaming the Lord. I didn't like being a girl. I was jealous of my brother because I thought my mom liked him more than me, which wasn't mm. even true. Yeah. But, you know, I was just kind of observing the world around me. And so as a result, I was very, very jealous. And I began to blame God. For things that were wrong in my life not understanding the consequences of sin both of the sin of others and the sin that i had committed So sure. i think there's a two-sided coin and it seems like to me sometimes the church only talks about one or the other sure. either everything is your fault and you're a sinner and that's true or we've been greatly sinned against but then there's sometimes counselors who only talk about the ways you've been sinned against yep. and jesus is just loving and he just wants to heal you and yes all that's true but I think we need to address both because, yes, i had been sinned against, but I was a wretched sinner. Come on. And I i put my parents to absolute hell. I was in, um, in narcissistic, really almost became quite evil at one point. I really turned away from the Lord. I wanted nothing to do with Christ or with Christianity, with Christians, with the church. I wanted to be the opposite of a Christian. I remember telling God that I wanted to sin in every way possible because I was so angry. Yeah. And i I didn't understand mm-hmm. the brokenness this was going to sow into my own life. And so high school and college, I got into a lot of sexual sin. And mm-hmm. if I had listened to the Bible, it says, we reap what we sow. Right. Um, and it says, God will not be mocked. You know, we think we right. can do all these things. We can live our life any way we want. And okay, we know God doesn't like it, but who cares? But I, sowed so much brokenness into my own life. And I began to feel like I had no worth of no value. I was dumped. I was used, I was rejected and abused just over and over and over and over again. Yeah until the point where I was really giving myself away for free. And I didn't I was so angry at all these men that mistreated me. But Mm. I was labeling myself and telling them that I had no value, that I was not worth waiting for, that I was not worth marrying because I believed I wasn't. But then I began to act like that. And eventually I I started to think, you know, the reason that I um, that I feel this way, the reason that these relationships never work out is because I was supposed to be the man. If Mm. I was the man, I know how to treat a woman. And I began to fantasize about that. And after months of watching porn and fantasizing about this all the time, I uh, began to embrace that identity. And as I, I found a group that helped me transition, and as I began to take hormones and I began to have surgeries, um, I never had genital reassignment but surgery, but I had a double mastectomy and I had a hysterectomy. And after my first surgery, I was legally male and I yeah. had my birth certificate changed to say it was male and my license and everything. So it was like all of that um seemed to give me this real identity but I began to realize over time that no matter what I did it wasn't making me a man no. and that was devastating to me and I didn't realize that the truth was I just didn't want to be a woman and I didn't like being a woman and so um but God kept pursuing me that whole time and I know my parents were praying for me people in the church were praying and I can't, I look back and I don't even know how it happened I remember one day I said, Mom, how did I get here? A hot, uh, six months ago, I was 180 degrees from where I am now. And I meant just yeah. in that six month period, I'd, I'd been in rebellion for about 15 years. But uh, she said, Well, I've been praying that God would draw you back like a magnet. <laughs> like I could not explain how my heart had been changing, but I had all these experiences with God things I'd hear of the radio, things he, people he'd bring in my life, you mm. know, just and all of a sudden, and I began to see a change in my mother as well. And I know it didn't yeah. get a lot into her story, but she began to get so radically transformed, she and my dad both. And when I really began to see the change in them, I wanted what they had. Mm. And I began to uh, give my life to the Lord and I got radically saved and I was so shocked. Mm. I, had, I didn't know, cause I thought I just needed to like um, repent and sort of get right with God again, but I didn't right. understand that I'd never been right with God in the first place. Oof. I didn't know that I had never really known Christ. I'd never been filled with the spirit of God. So when I got saved that day, I felt washed from the inside out and I could feel the spirit of God come into me, mm. you know, and I, like my mind began to change, my, my heart began to change, my desires began to change, but I didn't believe God to change that part of my life that I didn't know that God could change my gender desires as well, because wow. I really believed the lie that I was born that way. And so uh, about a year and a half, I wanted to be a man of God and I was very zealous for the Lord, But he kept pursuing me and so um about a year and a half later i finally very begrudgingly left that lifestyle and um as i did i it was the hardest decision i've ever made in my life but as i did he began to heal me and to like peel away the layers of the onion as i Mm began to forgive my mom i began to forgive those that hurt me as i began to embrace the truth and reject the lies that i had believed um you know all of that Played it and begin to forgive the men forgetting to repent of the things that i had done yeah it's like god healed me little by little and i looked back and it all of a sudden i really loved being a woman and i never thought that was possible but
1: that's then, so uh, incredible yeah that's you know, that's and, amazing
0: and then god brought this amazing man into my life that i never dreamed possible I had such low expectations of god to bring me a husband i thought it was possible that god would have a husband for me sure to have this incredible man that has loved me and has really been um like he's taught me so much about god's love and about that unconditional sacrificial love so for the first time in my life i'm really beginning to understand god's love as well
1: it's so amazing that that god uh, that god was so gracious and and brought this back to to a almost a a job like, um, experience where you lost everything, but then you gained everything back oh. when it just, um, mm-hmm. it, it, that I, I find that interesting. I, I, I noticed you said something, you, you said that you, how much did porn play into you jumping into this lifestyle?
0: Oh, a huge amount. And I think that it's actually a much bigger part of this agenda or this, uh, lifestyle and this ideology than people realize. In fact, years ago, uh, studies found that about, I don't know what the exact percentages are, I'm really yeah. just throwing out numbers, but somewhere sure. 60 to 80% maybe um, had been sexually abused. Mm. Now we're finding those rates have gone down, but I think it's because there's enormous rates of pornography. Yeah. Pornography is really doing the same thing. Now, I had been sexually abused as a child, uh, but I think the The bigger influence on me was the pornography because it allowed me to fantasize yeah. about what I wanted for one. And I could sort of live vicariously through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think one of the kids that are being exposed to pornography, prepubescent especially, or even as teenagers, um, it's giving them um, a sort of an inferiority complex for mm-hmm. especially for the boys. Sure. But think about a young boy. And I think this is so profound. That God has wired and designed and created men to be the leader and the protector of their home. And the entire body is built um, to to, um, be a witness of that design. And so broader shoulders, taller bodies, stronger muscles, bigger bones, I mean, the entire body. But when a a boy is prepubescent and he hasn't gone uh, into that adult body and he's looking at these adult men, and it, it can create an extreme inferiority complex yeah and um also gives them a very false sense of what it means to love a woman because it's women are just objectified and treated like trash and treated like a a sex slave um but i but i find that in transgenderism and homosexuality the, the boys especially a huge percentage that i've heard their stories um most of them feel inferior to men and i think a lot of that it's not entirely through porn a lot of it is through um bad relationships with the father Sure. Um, That plays a significant role and sometimes uh, older brother uh, or not necessarily older, but sometimes if one is uh, weaker or maybe more sensitive, artistic or or for whatever reason, perceives himself as being um, lesser, Uh, maybe the dad is really into sports and everything. And and one of the boys is not. sibling comparison is huge. So those factors. I think for girls, one of the reasons that pornography is huge in this is because Girls are seeing, from what I've been told, I haven't watched porn in quite a few years now, but no. the, uh, the porn I've heard today is extremely violent. I've, I've been told some of these porn films are almost like borderline snuff films. Like they are uh, just extremely violent. And so if you met, think of a girl at you know eight, nine, ten years old watching this, I mean, who in their right mind would want to be a girl? Right, and I think it's extremely terrifying to these girls to think that's going to happen to them, and they don't understand the beauty of what God created.
1: Yeah, that that, that that's exactly that's hundred percent correct. God created sex; it wasn't a horrible yeah. thing. It's a beautiful right. gift to be expressed through the covenant of one man, one woman in marriage. And what the enemy has done is he has taken that and twisted it. And and because we're such a social media screen, in you know we're, we're doing this on a screen, people are going to watch right. this on a screen. We're so immersed in our phones and our screens that we 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 do fantasize. That's the reason, especially young boys, we love the Marvel and DC universe because it gets us this idea that we can, you know, be Batman or be Thor yeah. or be. Which I did a study on a little bit of a small study on Thor. Thor is actually a demon, and oh, wow. and it, it it's a he's a demon that that has been recrafted into this this idea of a god and and so we've we were obsessed with with the screens and with the media yeah. and and it makes sense that that you know a magazine where you know 30 years ago a magazine would have been the thing that the mostly men would have gone to but now we've got access to it through our phones and through our yeah. computers and we watch this stuff and it, be, and it and it becomes the what reality of 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 the relationship between a man and a woman or a man or a man and a woman or whatever that relationship is is how that is played out and it is it is restructuring our brains as to how things work and i think it it what we focus on is what we become right yeah and, and what we what we read what we watch what we what we consume that's what we're going to be a part of and we're going to be okay with and so I, man i just i find that yeah. interesting that that was the, sort of kind of the the gas pedal that that mm-hmm. helped accelerate your um your transition but man i just i love the the sovereignty and the goodness of yeah. the lord jesus that he that he yeah. pulled you back that he pursued you even when you weren't pursuing him like right. that's that's the awesome thing is that god pursues <laughs> us even when we're not pursuing him so that is mm-hmm. man I, I love that praise the lord um congratulations on being married that's thank fantastic. you now what's your husband's name his name is perry so perry? his name nice. is
0: my maiden name
1: nice that's fantastic that's, <laughs> that's awesome. a lot of fun. Yeah. That's really cool. So, okay, you said you guys were launching your own 501c3. Let's talk about that. Yeah. For a minute. What, are, what are you guys doing?
0: Yeah, we are um, creating a ministry primarily focused on teaching and equipping the church on how to talk about gender and sexuality. Uh, of course, we want to talk to students. I mean, really anybody that will, will um, want to listen will want to bring us in. We're open to any groups, but we really, we have a heart for the church. I love the Bride of Christ And um, we really want to see, because I think for so long, the church has ignored this issue. Mm -hmm. And I heard an interesting thing on it. I can't quote it exactly. I need to go back and get the quote. Um, But on a a podcast about cults recently, and they were saying that uh, cults have, um, it's like wherever Christians um, withdraw, that's often where the cults fill this vacuum. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Satan loves to fill any empty space because if Christians will speak out about things. He begins to lose his power but where we we withdraw and we create this vacuum that he can just fill and i think for decades the church has not talked about gender and sexuality yeah. Yeah. and so it's created i mean this is like the biggest issue in our entire world right now and yeah. i think a lot of it's not entirely to blame the church i love the church and i i don't like beating up on the church i'm just saying we've sure. got to talk about these things we do and I th- and i think this is timely because for the first time since i came out about seven or eight years ago i'm really seeing churches are really hungry for this uh so we we really want to create uh not just individual speaking we we want to do lots of speaking events but we also want to create a lot of resources i'm planning on doing a podcast as well um and we want to create little q a videos uh and just lots of like video type resources uh, and help people get connected with how to talk to their children how to talk to the students in their church how to you know how to talk to their friends whatever about these issues and ultimately of course how to
1: bring them to christ yeah that's that's fantastic so what um obviously obviously i mean I, I love that you're stepping into the arena of all i think for so long in the you know in the 90s we grew up with the true love weights mentality right. and it was and it, you know and it almost painted sex as this dirty. We don't talk about this thing. It's, right. You know, don't do. And so it 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 makes sex a weird thing when you step into you know if you've grown up in the church, and then uh, the idea that cults step in where Christianity steps out. Well, we we've stepped out of that, and so yeah. we have church doesn't talk about sex, or or we make it a weird. You know, like Ed Young down in Texas where he you know. He preaches from a bed, and it just—it just. Oh, I hadn't even. Almost, almost almost comical, you know? Right? It's almost—it's almost comical. And then he, (laughs) at at the end of his sermon, he's like, "All right, everybody, the plan is for the next seven days, everybody that's married, go have sex." I'm just like, (laughs) that's just so awkward. It's awkward, like (laughs) that guy, the (laughs) mega church pastor. Yeah. So many other pastors (laughs) are looking to to emulate and i'm just yeah
0: that's that's creepy uh, it it, yeah
1: it's weird and and, and, go ahead
0: oh sorry i was just i was so excited though because this is it it makes me laugh that he's doing that but what what i wish people would understand is the the difference between the the sexual sin that i was in Mm. and the depravity of that and i just thought god did just didn't want me to have fun just wait because god says so I didn't understand the difference between that sexual sin and sex inside marriage is a completely mm. different thing. It really has almost the opposite effect because sex outside marriage made me feel dirty It made yeah. me feel used. Yep. And it made me, it sort of empties your love tank and you feel separated from that person rather than drawn closer. And the intimacy inside marriage actually draws you closer. And it's like a, a glue or a bond that mm. that really helps you um be more intimate and I begin to realize that um you you know like the Bible said that Adam knew his wife when mm-hmm. it was talking about sex and there's all of a sudden I began to realize that I knew Perry in ways I had never known another human being right and as I started teaching um I, I teach a series on biological differences between male and female and I started noticing recently that all the adults in, in the room that were married, all the married couples were nodding their head. They all got it. And the teenagers would give me these blank looks. And I began to realize that there, um, this verse in Genesis that God highlighted to me, where it says that God made a, a helper suitable for Adam. And the word suitable is in the Hebrew is neged. And it means opposite of, which is very obvious to a married right. couple. But it also means in front of and in the side of. And so I think we reflect to each other these different characteristics and the different ways that we're wired to each other. And it helps us understand the different aspects of God that that aren't as natural to us. For example, God has created men to be um, leaders and protectors, to, to have power and authority and these things that are supposed to be good and to protect, mm-hmm. um, not to hurt. And then women, the nurture and the comfort and the, the relational side, all these things And we're supposed to mirror that to one another and i think outside of marriage you don't get that intimate bond and so much of that's missing and it just becomes this physical act that actually separates you and in fact i i've been told um i don't remember where i heard this but they they said that um in in a relationship if you have sex outside marriage it's like the the emotional growth of the relationship stops yeah you know and there there's never any real connection
1: Yeah. And you're hundred percent correct. And it's interesting. I I, I can't remember where I heard that it may have been on a podcast, a radio show. I can't remember where they had this, they gave the science behind when, when a man and woman actually physically unite for the first time, Mm -hmm. the woman's body actually rejects the man because it's a hostile, right? So, but over time in a monogamous covenantal relationship, marriage relationship, the woman's body actually becomes healthier right and it's it, it's it's one of those things so if you're if you're just one night standing it over and over and over again mm-hmm. you're gonna be sick you're gonna no wonder we've yeah. got people that are sick That oh don't. my
0: gosh i hadn't made that connection you're right right absolutely
1: and yeah. so over over time when you're a monogamous in in a in a one woman one man relationship and you're just monogamous for a lifetime you actually are healthier you do better in your yeah. life but when you're you're sleeping around you're doing all these different things it, it doesn't matter whether it's hetero or homosexual yeah. you're you're having you're, there's there's your body is rejecting this thing it's like wait whoa wait, this this isn't how we're supposed to do things that's right. so designed you and puts you in a specific order for a reason and it's for your betterment and for your joy. And, and people don't see that. And I, I, I'm friends with Ryan Dobson. So uh, James Dobson's son. Oh, and okay. He, yeah. He and I were talking um, as a couple of years ago and we had this, he said, man, I'm, I'm in my fifties now. And he said, sex is better now than it has ever been. Wow. And, just, you know, and he said, he said, it's just one of those things where I thought when I was in my twenties, it was one thing, but now I see it in a totally different life yeah. in my fifties. And it's, and it's, it it literally makes us better as a as couples Amen. Um, and it's 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 fantastic and the enemy and it, i've been i've been on this kick where i just i've been watching a lot of or listening to a lot of um this there's two podcasts that i like to listen to haunted cosmos and blurry creatures like the craziest yeah <laughs> it's just like all the weird yeah. things in the world yeah. from a biblical worldview yeah and and the guy that Brian, Brian Sorvay is one of the, he's a pastor out of Utah, and man, the idea that, that Satan hates humanity.
0: Yeah, and absolutely.
1: He hates human beings because we are the image bearer of the Lord Jesus Christ, right. and he hates us. And so what he's trying to do, he can't destroy God. He can't take God out of the equation, right. but he wants to destroy what God made and 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 to pervert it in any way and what's insane is we believe the lie that that what is presented out in culture on these phones is good right and natural and it's fun like you had that you just said i felt like god was holding something back from me that i was not gonna have any fun that is an absolute lie right (laughs) yeah it (laughs) is an absolute and total lie Mm -hmm. because when, when you do it God's way, when you live in the covenantal relationship of a, of, of a man and woman, it is absolutely more fun.
0: Yeah, fun. absolutely. And this is, I have I, you're absolutely right. And I'm so glad that I really hope that more of the church will be able to talk about this. Young people need to know, because I think a huge, it's not the entire problem, but so many marriages um, start getting in trouble because there's a lack of sex. God intended that to bond you together and actually i find just what you were saying that it actually helps the woman um it helps her health that it is um no lie if i'm um in a bad mood or sometimes my hormones are just really off i've had some health problems that uh sex can actually help my mood it releases chemicals in the brain and i've discovered um that um if 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 i'm not um there's times that like uh my sex drive is not as high or i just don't feel like it and because of what the Bible said about not um, not withholding that from one another, mm-hmm. that I I the Lord put it on my heart to give myself to my husband as an offering, sort of. Yep. Yep. Um, not that I'm worshiping him, but I just oh, I as, as, no, I as a gift and a a sacrifice to him. That sacrificial love and giving my body to him, and I've found that is some of the best sex that I've ever had. It's amazing because it's that it, and it's such a representative of our relationship with God. And how just like you said that the woman initially rejects, we really do represent Christ and the bride. Mm-hmm. And just like we initially reject God, but he continues to pursue us. Come and on. then we begin to realize that his love is good. And then it bonds us together through that intimacy with Christ. Um, which is so this whole thing really is about a picture of Christ and the bride. Amen.
1: Everything. It's got, it's this beautiful picture of the gospel. This is is what marriage is. This is what the the physical act of this. Everything revolves around and points back to the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. It's so so great. (laughs) Okay. So if somebody's interested in having you come speak at their church, how do they get a hold of you? How does that, how does that work?
0: Yeah. Go to edensredemption.org. We're just now developing the website. So we've got some content up there, but we will be adding a lot more resources and stuff, but Yeah, go to edensredemption.org. There's a contact button. There's a donate button if you want to help us out. Please do. We're just getting started. And I want to explain just a little bit. There's more on the website about why we chose that name. Uh, And we really wrestled over the name for months. But uh, really, we so many people in this world are so broken. And people are realizing and talking about the fact that we're so broken and that this world's broken. But they don't know what the solution is they don't know the lord said to me one time they don't know who they are because they don't know where they've come from and they don't realize we were created for the garden of eden for a world that was perfect for a world that had no sin no war no disease no brokenness no divorce no you know none of this stuff yep and we were created for absolute perfection but we're in a world cursed by sin but god is ultimately going to redeem all of this that he is going to redeem the heavens and the earth as well that he purchased the um the earth again in that sense to re- remove the sin uh, the curse of sin from the earth mm-hmm. and that uh one day he will renew and restore and redeem the heavens and the earth as well in an, um a new world for us yeah and that's... that we will be made whole again and so that's uh Romans 8 tells us that all creation is groaning waiting eagerly for the glory of the children of God to be revealed
1: amen and
0: that's what um we really want people to see that if you belong to Christ that you you will get everything that God is promising you. That you will be in a world that is truly like the Garden of Eden that we were created for. Everything you're longing for, God has promised for those who belong to Christ.
1: Praise the Lord! I love it. And if somebody's looking for, if somebody hears this, sees this podcast, and they're they, they're struggling with maybe same sex sex attraction or the transgender thing, or maybe they're just you know sleeping around, just just living their living their quote unquote yeah. living their best life, right? if they reach out to you, they want to talk to you. Are you able to, yeah. Okay, cool. I just want to, yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm not a licensed counselor and, um, I can refer people on to counseling if they need that. I know some great counseling ministries, but I'm glad to talk to people and help them get connected, um, to resources or whatever they're needing. Absolutely.
1: Fantastic. Well, I mean, I, uh, Laura, I seriously, I appreciate you so much taking time out to to come on the program and talk about like, and listen, this is, this is one of those topics that people go, Oh, should we yeah. talk about this? And I think we should because the yeah. church the church has the answer. Like I, we have we have what the Bible gives us the uh, answers. And and we as Christians should be shouting from the rooftop. We were built we were God designed us to conquer. And and, and I, we need men and women who are stepping up to the plate and and we're built to to trans, be. we're built to be transformed by the renewing of our minds Romans 12, 12 but don't just stay in that spot. Go out and make disciples and go transform the, the world around you by, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by, by the authority of God's word. Don't don't I, step back and say, oh, it's not my place. It is your place. You have the answer. You have the cure for the disease in Amen. your hand. Step Amen. out and, and, and proclaim that as a as a representative or as a ambassador of Christ step into the places where God's put you and and for his glory transform the culture so amen awesome thanks so much for being here
0: absolutely god bless bless you.